This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. And exciting show, uh, to say the least. Probably going to be up there. Um, what happened? Yeah, a couple a lot of facts. stuff went on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. An effect from like a while three months ago. ago. Yeah, like three, four months Before ago. Christmas. I want to say November. Every time I reference back to November, I think about, do they have a mustache or not? Legit. <laughs> Legit. Every time. Every time. I think, okay, November. Do they have my mustache going on? That was when we had the London feature game. I think we knew by then. Sure. I think we knew. That was in like the middle of November. Mid, mid late November. I think it was a London Kitchener featured game. Because the Friday, I'm pretty sure, is when I was at the play. We can basically say it now. It's out. Yeah. When you kind of had an idea. The Friday. Yeah, the night before. And then the Saturday was the game. Yeah. Was the featured game. But yeah, exciting news! Exciting news for the city of Hamilton. I mean, Oshawa, it's a great opportunity for them as well. Play mm-hmm. spoiler, but we'll touch on that for sure. It's gonna be oh, a fun yeah. one. Yeah, I don't want to give you much away. Give you a rundown of what's going on this week's show. Of course, we'll get to our featured game. It was one of nine games uh, on Family Day. I guess on Monday, the twenty-first. Uh, Erie and Hamilton. We were at First Ontario Center, and yeah, we. Got a preview going on our newest content page, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Uh, Our YouTube page, which is now up and running. If you missed the preview, eh, you can go watch it there. It's the OHL and 60 podcast. So make sure you go check that out. It's on the link tree as well. If you don't want to just go to YouTube and type it in, just click the link and uh, it'll bring it right to you. So we'll touch on that. Uh, Of course, thoughts on the overall weekend. We always do that after we finish breaking down the featured game. And then, yes, the the game being played outdoors. Tim Hortons Field is going to be the site of the Generals and Bulldogs on March 14th, one day after the Heritage Classic. That'll be a blowout. So I don't know why those two teams are playing, but I'm sure we'll touch on that. Yeah, I always thought the Heritage Classic was the Heritage Classic, so two Canadian teams, not – yeah, that's what I thought. the border British Canadian team. I never knew that. But, yeah. But, you know, I mean, Gary's got to make money, right? Yeah. I don't know how you make money from Buffalo. Oof. That's kind of well, have they, has anyone stopped their attendance this year? I mean, it's worse than half the teams in our league. Yeah. Like, I can think of five OHL teams that have better attendance, like better – like, let's say they had three – Better consistent attendance, I could say. Yes, consistency. Yeah. Like, yeah. I could think of five teams easily. Like, Kitchener, London, Hamilton, Niagara. You can say what you want about Niagara's record. They still sell. I mean, Oshawa has good attendance. Like, mm-hmm. Ottawa has pretty good attendance. Like, that's tough. Like, Windsor, like, there's a lot of teams that you could think that have better consistent attendance than Buffalo Sabres. But interesting strategy. I mean, obviously, the cross-border thing. But that shouldn't affect them that bad like that. It just shows the market in Buffalo itself that if they're giving that excuse, in my opinion. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I mean, could also think about, oh, maybe there's a lot of Canadian Sabre fans 
There's a lot of wingspans yeah. in Windsor. Uh, yeah, Detroit. maybe in Detroit. The this is the highest it's ever. Yeah, like Windsor. This is the highest. Like Detroit's attendance this is probably the best attendance they've had in the last five years since they've been to the pizza box. It's probably the highest they've had. Well, I was going to say that's why the Tigers hurt so much is they don't got any Canadians coming over, right? So, yeah, we'll be back. Very true. We'll be back. America Park will be rocking yep. again. Uh, all right. Uh, then we're going to get to a little bit of a fun topic uh, over under for goals this season for the top 10 scores as of, you know, seven 30 on the 21st, Monday, the 21st of February. We'll chat about that. Suspensions again, not as many though. So it's okay. Only really one. Yeah, we only had like one. Well, we had two, we had two, but it's not public yet. Well, it is public, but it's not on like the, website yeah avery avery hayes suspension yeah uh, believe a abuse of an official just because there is something said to her and you got teed up for it so that's the one suspension I believe it's two games i believe it's two games don't quote me on that though uh, then we will chat with the one and only reed duthy of course the big announcement with the outdoor hey. game, we want to talk to him about hey. it, kind of the whole process behind it. I know Steve Steos kind of gave you a preview of it, what, like two months ago maybe, something like that. You guys kind of had a chat in the press box in Hamilton, so he kind of told you a couple details, so we'll touch on that with Reed Duffy uh, in our second segment here on the show. Of course, we'll also break down the featured game a little bit more with him, kind of what he saw uh, calling the game on the television and radio side for Hamilton. Then we'll get to the players of the week and then round things out as we always do. We will get to our featured game coming up this week. But start in Hamilton, Erie Otters, Hamilton Bulldogs. Let's start first start with the preview. And it was funny. We kind of yeah. we, we kind of jabbed ourselves a little bit at the end of it. You know, oh, we got the faces for radio, and it's you know, that's why we don't do a whole lot of video <laughs> stuff. But uh, you know, the masks help with that and just yeah, to give everyone a little bit of background on it. Again, we kind of mentioned it during during the preview, but it's just another avenue, if you want to call it that. Another yeah, avenue like to, for content and uh, you know to get the names out there, get the show out there, and you know, get more interest in the Ontario Hockey League, and you know continue to grow the brand. Yeah, for sure. Because especially we'll be using the YouTube page when we go live, any big event that we do will be going live on YouTube because it's so hard to record. Right. We want to give you the content right away, right then and there, have it live. Yeah. So yeah, we'll put it back up. On, we'll put it up on our channels, like the specialty uh, events too. But if you want it right away, go on YouTube, anything live that we do, will be out on YouTube. So that's pretty exciting. I think it's a good way to touch the fans, get the listeners experience, get the listeners involved too. I mean, you can, there's a chat too, right? Like we can get the chat going, mm-hmm. like have some fun with that. We've already, I've been struck by the chat before, Reese, so we'll see how much I pay attention to the chat, but we'll see. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good environment, that's for sure. Um, it's exciting times, and it's just the league's growing itself. We're growing. It's a fun time. It's a fun time, that's for sure. Yeah, and for anyone wondering, no, we were not live today. And, yes, I did say we were. Uh, that's just getting used to not being live on camera. Of course, doing the Brantford Red Sox games with Colin. And we're always live and on camera. Well, we weren't today, if anyone was wondering. We got to the rink just after noon. I think started recording that maybe quarter after 12. And we finished just in time. It was about, what, 8, 
eight and a half to nine minutes long. And as we ended recording, they started to do all their pregame audio tests. So that is mint timeage right there by us. Well, yeah, a lot of these arenas, you got to get it done before an hour and a half before the game because that half hour before the gates open, the music starts to come on in places like Hamilton. I mean, they have that boombox cranked. Well, it wasn't too bad today. Though. No, it wasn't. Eh? It wasn't that bad. Like, I don't even think they played it. I think because they had the fans underneath family day being on, they had all the events. I don't think they did their warm up in that area. Well, well, and you called it. I'm pretty sure they opened the doors. Not super, super early, maybe five or 10 minutes before one o'clock, but I think it was like eight minutes. I think it was like eight minutes. Yeah. I looked at my phone. I think it was like, Oh, I wanted to say like, 1258 or no 1252 1258 12. <laughs> I believe like it was still 12 that's for sure and it was over it was over the 55 mark yeah so yeah well anyways all right yeah, to the game yeah to the game seven to two this was the effect Mr. Ward I guessed five two that was my prediction for this game I wanted it to be a little bit closer uh Mr. Ward you chose seven to two. Not a big deal. You guessed correctly. That was the not final. a big deal. Yeah, yeah. About time. I've been, I've been <laughs> close, but I've been off. You know. Yeah. Like it's hard. It's hard to predict a score. A lot of times it goes one lower or one over. But this time, finally, finally. So on. yeah. Hopefully, we keep it going in the next week. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Quick scoring summary for you. Starting in the first period. Uh, Hamilton Bulldogs got the first two uh, of the contest. Lawson Shirk, 232 mark of the first period. Uh, Lucas Moore getting the assist. That was Shirk's ninth of the year, making one nothing Bulldogs. And then it'd be Ethan Sims, his first of the season and first as a Hamilton Bulldog. It's funny, pulling it up on the website, he's still got his Niagara Ice Dogs jersey on. but Still wearing the cage, too. Yeah. Kind of odd. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we saw Shane Wright wear the cage maybe a little bit longer than... I'm sure yeah. he wanted to, and I'm sure that everyone still else expected is. him to. But yeah, I've had it on the other day. I haven't, I haven't watched a KT game in a while, maybe a week. Yeah, or Saturday, Saturday he had the cage on, so he still has it. Yeah, must be a clearance thing, medical thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, we're, I think we're going to talk about Ethan Sims quite a bit after this game. He he was very good. He's got started to get those maybe not top line minutes towards the end of the game as it kind of got out of reach, but he started playing with those top six forwards in that group just to get an opportunity to see what he could do uh, on that line. I think he was out with Morrison and is it Diaco. I think he was out with. Yes. Morrison Diaco. Yeah. You so, know what? The acquisition, sorry, Reese, but the acquisition of him and beyond are very underrated, mm-hmm. very underrated. Like beyond beyond he forced a penalty shot today. Like he yeah. would have scored. Like he would have scored. He had the he had the net empty. He missed the net, but obviously he got infractured because he would have had a penalty. So mm-hmm. that was him and Sims have been very good this year. Those are very underrated pickups, in my opinion. They've both been very good on the penalty kill, special teams play for beyond big, gets in lanes. Sims had a big game today. So that's that's very big for the Hamilton Bulldogs. They need those guys to click too. Well, Ethan Sims getting the opportunity to play in under under a system um, with a really, yeah. really good coaching staff uh, definitely helps a lot. So, big time environment, the environment. 
So, like I said, first is Bulldog, first of the season for, for Ethan Sims, Cole Brown, and Brendan Anderson getting the assists. That goal came at 6.52 into the first period. And the Erie Otters, they would cut the lead in half. They'd get back into it. Teo Artichuk gets his third of the season. Uh, 14.38 mark of the first. Brett Brissett getting the lone assist on that one. And the Bulldogs would close out the scoring in the first 19.14 mark of the first. And kind of saw this coming. Niagara Hamilton had sustained pressure in the offensive end. They had their chances. And, well, it was was going to happen whether it was to start the second or late in the first, like they did, you could tell Hamilton was going to score soon. And Logan Morrison got his 20th of the year. Nathan Steos, Gavin White assisting, like I said, 1914 mark of period number one. Moving to the second, and Erie would get the first goal of the second 20, a minute 17 in. Oh, I heard this name in the, in the, in the arena. And I know I'm going to screw it here. Yep. Colby. Sagagnuick. Yeah, Col- Colby Saganuck. Yeah. He gets his 10th of the year. Brett Brissett assisting on the power play marker for the Otters as well. Uh, like I said, minute 17 into period number two. Then at the 258 mark, Hamilton would get it right back. Ryan Winterton's 11th of the year. Logan Morris and Nathan Steos assisting on that power play goal, which would also count as the insurance marker. Final tally of the second, 1752. Arbor Jacki gets his ninth of the year. Logan Morrison assisting and making it a 5-2 game after two. And that's where I was kind of like, all right, no goals. Cruise to the end. Maybe 5-2. Maybe I was right. And then... Bulldogs would end up getting two more, and Wardy ended up being correct on the score. It'd be Ryan Humphreys, 14th of the year, going in at the 12-27 mark of the third. Gavin White and Lawson Shirk getting the assists on that one. And then to round it out, Lucas Moore's second of the year. Uh, Ryan Humphrey, Jorian Donovan getting the assists. 14-47 mark as the Bulldogs go on to defeat the Otters 7-2. Yeah, you know what? First thoughts about this game. The third period shot, 7-5 in favor of Hamilton, seemed very odd because it felt like Hamilton had 10 shots in the first 10 minutes of that period, but mm-hmm. I guess they didn't. And then Erie yeah, I don't five. think the Otters got their first shot until yeah, just before maybe six or seven minutes before or into the third period. Like, Well, they took a penalty, right? They had the penalty. Yeah. I want to – yeah, probably like the eight-minute mark, eight minutes in. Like, it was, like, yeah, it wasn't good. So, that kind of caught me off guard 7-5. I didn't think it was that close, but I guess it was. So, this game, my first thoughts, Reese, penalties, it wasn't really there. We were thinking it would have been a little bit of a running gun game. Two teams play similar structure. I mean, Erie likes to play in your face. I thought if Erie would have been in the game, it would have it would have really affected Hamilton because they're not used to playing teams that are in their face. Because – that's the one thing that probably that hurts Hamilton. If you're going to match up against the Hamilton Bulldogs, you have to stick to the structure. You got to stick within your system, but then you kind of got to have a little bit of like, you got to go fishing a little bit. You know, you got to double the lure because it's, you got to go, you got to get in their face. You got to make them uncomfortable because they will take penalties. The Hamilton Bulldogs will take penalties. So that's the thing where I look at where 
if a team, if Erie really wanted to get back in the game, if they would have went after, like, I'm not like did a little bit of talk and finish your checks. Yeah, yeah a little bit. They have some guys there that don't get comfortable. That's the one thing that will beat the Hamilton Bulldogs. They will get into penalty trouble. So that's the one thing that Erie did not get into. I mean, for two power plays for Erie, that's not good enough. So you got to be moving your feet a little bit better. I didn't think there was a lot of flow in it. Like, there was flow. It was nice to see fans back. Like, that was a big energy boost. You could see that in Hamilton's game. But Hamilton, it felt like an ice tilt throughout the game. And even before the game, we were talking, and when the fans came in, you could just feel the vibe and warm-ups. You know, you knew how the game was going to go. Yeah, like and literally the Batmobile was in the arena. Yeah, it was wild. It was, yeah, that was something to do. And the atmosphere in that arena was just, it, they really rallied around the team. And the team felt that you could feel the ice kill. So if anyone wants to say, like, fans and attendance, crowd noise doesn't matter, the atmosphere, it clearly does. Because that game today, probably that. So it made it 7-2. That's pre- honestly, that's like a 5-2 type hockey game race. But because of the fans and the atmosphere, it really took them out of it. It really did. So that's, that really stood out to me. And just props to the Hamilton fans because it was a good environment. I mean, you look at the stat line, 28-23, the shots are Hamilton. Okay, that's respectable. That's respectable. Not terrible. Um, 33-28, the face-offs in favor of Hamilton. That's respectable. Right? Like, it's not terrible. We saw a lot worse. I was gonna say so, they're, they're close numbers. Shots are close. Faceoffs are close. Like the power yeah. plays, two more chances for the Bulldogs. But each team, both like, each team had one goal. Yeah, like oh. it's, yeah. If you want to, like, and plus another thing that really stood out to me recently. I know that like, yeah, this was big. But the one thing that really stood out to me was when they, when Hamilton had a couple chances where the puck was on the goal line and didn't score. But also, Erie had a couple chances where the puck was on the goal line. Grushnikov made a nice diving save on the one. <laughs> like, that's a clear goal. There was a couple of those opportunities where they should have scored but didn't in Erie's favor. So, that game could have easily been like a 10-8 track meet game today because of how many scoring chances there was. But it is what it is. And if you're Erie, you're on, to, you're on to the next game. It's weird not to say you're on to the next week because technically Monday is the new week. So, it was kind of interesting today or yesterday felt like a sunday so today feels like a monday so mm-hmm. it's like yeah this is weird yeah hold well, on look at some of the scores from around the league on monday holy crap yeah a lot <laughs> of goals a lot of goals day scored. game travel or what day game travel or what nah, i was gonna talk yeah i don't think like so odd, right? none of like, these none of these locations like they weren't really far traveled Erie, I would say, would be the hardest. Yeah. Sudbury would be hard. Yeah, you think Erie to Hamilton's probably the furthest, but Erie would have already been in the country, in the province, from this weekend. So, I wouldn't think it'd be Yeah, but they played at home. Erie played at home on Saturday. Erie was in. Erie was at home to London. Then they played Friday against Hamilton at home. Yeah, what was I thinking of? Blonde moment. Well, Sudbury. Sudbury was in Niagara. On Sunday, so that one, yeah, yeah, but like, really, it's not too bad. Like, it's not terrible. No, because Barry to Peterborough's not bad. Flint into Sarnia, Saginaw into Windsor. Like, yeah, I would say, like, that's tough. Like, I just think it might be the afternoon travel. I mean, 
yeah. it's odd a Monday afternoon, right? But that's a poor excuse on my part. But like, they, I mean, dude, I, it was just I thought Erie was on the road, so good it's all good. Day. It's all good. Hey, I've had a few blonde moments in my day. Yeah. I got a car. I got a status card that says that I'm a blonde, so it's a legitimate <laughs> excuse. Oh. All right. Put a wrap on it. 7-2 Bulldogs defeat the Erie Otters at home on family day. All right. Observations from the weekend. Well, this is fun. <laughs> scoring, you can pick one just because of today, or today, because of Monday. Uh, but uh, what else did you look at throughout the weekend, Colin? Yeah, so the big one to me was the one performance that really caught my eye was Saturday night, the London Knights win in Erie. Because... Owen Flores started that game, and London's so shorthanded with the injuries they have, and so is every other team, though. But Owen Flores going in there at 17 years old, that's a tough environment. Erie was rocking on Saturday. I don't If you check Twitter or Instagram, the Erie Otters played Sweet Caroline like five times in that game, twice a period, you could say. Like every commercial break, I felt like they played Sweet Caroline. And in case if you don't know, and I'm sure everybody knows, but when they sit, play Sweet Caroline, it's not like friendly to the London Knights. It's uh, London sucks. They suck. They suck. They suck. Like yeah. it's on them. So that's a tough environment to be a 17 year old. It honestly reminded me of when Tyler Parsons went into Kitchener, his rookie season with the London Knights, and won the starting job over Michael Jigavez. And when he, he Kitchener's a tough environment to play too, right? Being a London, being in on London. It's a tough environment to play anywhere because you have a lot of nights. But to go into Kitchener like that, 7,000 strong at 17 is a tough environment. To go into Erie is a tough environment. And I just want to quickly shout out on Flores. That performance really stood out to me just because when you got to go back, you needed a win like that. You played Friday night. They had to have a big weekend after the week before. So that's a big performance for him. He stopped 25 or 27 on the road in a tough environment. Shout out to Owen Flores. That was a quick one. Also, Reese, there's a couple. There's a couple that we talked about today. First, I want to bring up why aren't there goaltending changes anymore? Because it's weird. You see players, you see goalies hung out to dry. You saw it like, well, I mean, Monday, one, two, three. Like there was so many four, five. Like there were so many five goal games. Who changed in that? Like, you don't really see the there was a goalie changes, change so. in Owen Sound. I did see it, or in Owen Sound, in Guelph for Owen Sound. Yeah. I did but see like, that. You don't really see that too much though now. And it's kind of odd that they're not changed, like they don't pull the goalie. I really don't like that for development because Whoa. you can't get out to dry. And that's how you see guys very that's how you see guys go through a funk where it's like a long two weeks where they go in every game they start for the next two weeks, they just give up five and they it's hard to find it. But I just thought why like you don't really see the goalie get pulled anymore. So that was a quick one for me that really caught my eye this weekend. I met I mentioned that yesterday during the featured game as well. It's just odd today that like no goaltending changes anymore. Just quickly, and uh, my my last one was and this is another one that maybe for the listeners who are listening to this, you can tweet me, tweet the show, let me know because two on one carries, I never see like the the puck carrier on the two on one. You're going into the offensive zone. I never see the puck carrier shoot anymore. You never really see that. It's always a pass, but then the defenseman goes down, it goes right in his chest. It's just giveaway. It's just a turnover. Why not bury that? Or you try so, to make a nice saucer pass and it just skips over the recipient stick. Yeah. And it just yeah, it goes to the boards and then like you never see a shot anymore. You never see the John Carlson at the World Juniors gold medal game overtime. You never see that anymore. Just rip it. 
Like, it's a goal. If you watch the goalie on the two-on-ones, they're cheating already. They're dropping the glove because they're ready to move. If you're coming in from the right side, going to the left. So if you're coming in, they're already cheating on that blocker side or glove side. They're already low ready to push over to cheat to it. If you snap one over top of the glove, over top of the shoulder, you are going to score. It's a go. It's an empty netter. The the shooters in our league are too good to miss those opportunities. They they will score on those. So that's there. That's one that caught my eye. No one shoots on two on ones anymore. The the ball carrier never shoots because it's. I saw so many scoring chances this weekend. They got passed up. Like they were clear turnovers. Goals getting passed up left and right. But that was a quick one for me. Those are my three. Uh, yeah, my, mine right off the top. I'm going to start with the Flint Firebirds. They continue to lead the Western Conference, 62 points in 47 games played. Uh, they are yeah. now tied. If you want to look at the overall standings, they are tied for second in the Ontario Hockey League with the Hamilton Bulldogs, with the North Bay Battalion, and just two points behind Mississauga. Boy, that steelhead's a nice cushion for them in terms of points is gone. Uh, but yeah, the Flint Firebirds, they're on a nine game point streak right now. They have points in nine straight and in their past 10, they're seven, one, one, and one. And I think, I think a lot of credit has to go to Ted Dent with his American hockey league experience. He has coached in this league before he was an assistant coach with the Niagara ice dogs a few years ago. Uh, but that, that AHL experience is really helping that group. Again, the Flint Firebirds not expected to be number one for sure, but not even expected to be top four. And now they're just on a roll here, winning so many games, scoring goals. They're at 196 goals scored. That is the most in the Western Conference. Six ahead of the Sioux, or three ahead of the Sioux Greyhounds. Good math, Reese. So that just shows you what kind of fire, firepower, not to play on the fact that they're the Firebirds. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah, they're they're on a nice little streak here. I uh, also want to point out Bulldogs, Battalion, both 9-1 and one in their last 10. Battalion have won nine games in a row. Hamilton has won four games in a row. They are two of the hottest teams in the Ontario Hockey League right now. And again, the games in hand are still, they still got to happen for Kingston and Hamilton in terms of getting close to North Bay's 49 games played. Bulldogs front and axe both at 44, but well, that's what the battalion got to do. If well, you see those five games in hand, oh, I guess we just have to keep winning and hope the other teams lose. And that's, that's really the situation they're in right now. Uh, Bulldogs and battalion have pulled themselves within two points of Mississauga who are not the hottest team of late. They're going through that lull. I think we kind of talked about that last weekend as well, or last week, I should say. They're 3-5-0-2 in their last 10 games, so definitely not where Richmond wants his club to be, but uh, they'll be right at it. They've still got a really good top six, so uh, they'll, be, they'll be good to go. And then you know, one more for me, and I think we're getting to the point, and by the way, I just added it up. I want to point this out. Uh, seven, 74 goals were scored on family day. <laughs> I put in air quotes because if you look at the scoreboard, it, it shows 75. That third goal is a shootout victory for the Sudbury Wolves. So in terms of actual goals that count going into the net, there were 74. So I just wanted to point that out uh, on family day. Could you imagine if we had, if we had all, uh, all 20 teams in action, could have got over that 80 mark. You never know. I've been something. I've been something. I've only been a 
that might have been that's got to be a weekend high or a daily high, I guess. Yeah, that's up there. Absolutely, it is. Um, yeah, that just the last point I want to make is the Oshawa Generals. And again, we'll get, we'll get into the outdoor game next between the Generals and Bulldogs. And, you know, it's an event. You see the, what do they call it? You do that lead up series to the Winter Classic. You remember what that is? What's that called? Oh, the HBO. The yeah, HBO, the HBO yeah, series. 24 7. Could you imagine they did that for this? I, that, Ooh, my, my, my mind went away and I thought of that for whatever reason. Just bring no, up the Oshawa Generals. Um, but, but their last 10 games, they are 7 1 0 oh, 2. They are up in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. They've got three games in hand on North Bay. They are, you know, nine points back. But they put themselves in a nice spot. Barry's kind of dropped off a bit. They're in that lull as well. They're three and seven in their last ten. Oshawa's putting themselves in a very good position, competing for a first round home playoff series. And that's exactly what you want. Uh, going into the first round, especially this year with it being so close in the Eastern conference, for sure. Uh, you never know what could happen. You yeah. could easily see a six upset of three or, you know, however it plays out, I'm not saying eight's going to upset one, but you, know, you never really do know this season. It, it's been a lot of fun. So it's funny how it turns around where you think Oshawa should have sold and Flint should have sold. And now you look at they're trending up yeah. and they're trending down. It's like, wow. There's a big, there's a lot of trending this year where teams trending up, teams are trending down. There's not a lot of in between. When teams are losing, they lose more than two in a row. When teams are winning, they win more than two in a row. It's weird. There's not, there's either up or way down. Yeah, teams like Ottawa, they're 0 5, 0 and 1. That's the streak they're on right now. I guess you could consider that six in a row. Um, yeah. It's really the worst streak right now uh, that I'm seeing. Yeah. Other than the Owen Sound attack being 0-6-1-0. and and then Saturday six, which is a little rough. But in terms of the Eastern Conference, that's a that's the worst streak by far. Next closest is huh, O and one. So, <laughs> yeah. If you want to see that in between streak, oh, well, that's kind of it. But you know, not really yeah. too many teams on there. So, yeah, big time. All right. Uh, to the announcement of the week, if you want to call it that. The outdoor yeah. game, Tim Hortons Field, 7 o'clock, March 14th. It is the Oshawa Generals, Hamilton Bulldogs doing battle. Uh, it looks like, and I can't confirm as of right now, it looks like the Hamilton Bulldogs are going to go with those yellow Hamilton Tiger Cat themed jerseys. I would imagine. Um, I would imagine it would. That'd be a good question for Reed yeah. later on, but I'm sure. Can you confirm? I'm sure. Yeah, can you confirm confirm or deny? What wonder Maybe. if he would know what Oshawa is wearing? Because we're thinking those old throwback ones that they got going right now. I think the ones they wore on Monday. I think if you're if you Oshawa, you got throwback-ish, I guess. And then there's my first thought that they could wear their uh, old Boston Bruin style general jerseys and go like opposite color scheme, which would be pretty cool. But it would be off. You I mean you're off, like it's not. It's not their home game, so be pretty tough to do, and I'm sure that would get a lot of backlash. But I thought that would be cool at first. I really like the idea of them having their alternates, like you said, the blue with the generals going across. You, if you're wearing an outdoor game, you can't just wear your normal jersey. Yeah, exactly. You gotta wear a special jersey you don't wear often. Hamilton, it's almost an automatic. They're going to wear their Tiger Cat ones. I think that's a gimme. 
I think that's if you're gonna bet that one, yeah, hammer it because that's what I think it happens for sure. I honestly probably a ninety five percent chance they did. Yeah, well, and they kind of that promo video that they did in the arena, and yeah. <laughs> it was funny they they did the. So this is kind of how it went down. So in the pregame, they kind of teased a little bit. Hey, we got an announcement coming during the first intermission. You don't really want to leave your seat. So, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. We weren't really 100% sure what was going on. Of course, we had our ideas. Oh, maybe an outdoor game. Or, oh, maybe there's a, like, a special themed game coming up or something. Oh, who knows? And then they play a maybe five to ten second video of snow falling in the air and then a seat at Tim Hortons field. Well, okay. I kind of gave it away for, yeah. <laughs> for I mean, at least us, because we've kind of, again, this is our effect because we kind of were like, Oh, this be a great idea. Let's do it. You know, when are they ever going to have this chance to do it again? Because it, as us, we're not a big fan of having Toronto play Buffalo. What an interesting yeah, game that'll kinda, be. If you didn't like the pointless. NHL already, this isn't going to make you like it. So, uh, yeah, you know, what, what, what other opportunity are you going to get for the Bulldogs to play outdoors unless they are the visitors, of course. So, yeah, this the effect for sure. Matty Rowe, what up? The insider. Uh, we were on <laughs> this right it. when they He'll announced the Heritage Classic. So, Colin, what does this do for Hamilton? What does this do for the Ontario Hockey League? And those are clearly two different questions in there because it's totally different for each. But we'll start with Hamilton and kind of your thoughts on what this does for the team. What does this do for the city? I think it's huge. I think it's a massive because in the announcement in the arena, it's kind of the thing that announces we're past with COVID. We're on like thanks to waiting and out. Thanks to our season ticket holders. By the way, season ticket holders get free tickets to the game. That yeah, that's pretty sweet. That's yeah, they. It's just it needs to happen. This needs to happen. It's going to be a special event. This is going to be a wild event. Like this is going to be like we already know our featured game for that week because it's going to be an event. Everyone will want to be there. Eyes are going to be on it. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible for the city of Hamilton. They host a great cup, and then they get an outdoor game from the NHL. What a year! What a year! Obviously, it was twenty twenty one when they got the outdoor game or when they got the Great Cup, but it's still. It's so big for Ham- to see Hamilton host these events because it's a city that, that's quite frankly, it's been a city that struck out on a lot of big events in the past. Yeah. How when was the last time they hosted the Grey Cup? Right, they didn't host the Grey Cup unless they built the stadium. They built the stadium and it went a year and a half overdue of the original date of it being mm-hmm. built. They had an ugly lawsuit there. The Tiger Cats played in Guelph. They had to play at McMaster. I mean the. AHL team moved to Laval. They get an OHL team from Belleville. Like it's just in a city that's had a grind. You know, it's a gr- like it's a work. It's a working mentality city. It's a hard worker, blue collar city, and it's nice to see Hamilton getting these events because that arena they play in the first Ontario Center was built for an NHL team. It was built for that, and they almost had it. I believe facility went in a little bit too hard with the NHL. But they almost had the Arizona Coyotes in Hamilton. They basically did. And it's just, it's been a city that struck out on a lot of events. And it's very nice. And you see the announcement, you kind of get goosebumps from it because it's a city that's tried so hard on major events and they just struck out, swing and miss repeatedly, right? And to finally get that event like that is massive for this city. 
and the fans are going to support it. You see it all the time. You saw it in 2018. You saw it yesterday on a family day game, the atmosphere in Hamilton. They are going to be there. It is going to be rocking. It is going to be electric. And I've been saying this for a while now. Yes, the NHL game is going to be good, right? It's going, it's, it is what it is. It's an NHL outdoor game. It's always the same. You know, they're going to have people are going to go. Yeah. But in my opinion, in Hamilton itself, in the Ancaster area, that OHL outdoor game, the Bulldogs outdoor game is going to have a massive amount of views. The Hamilton faithful, the the natives of Hamilton, the Stony Creek area, the Ancaster area, the Brantford area are going to support that game. It is going to be rocking that Monday night. It is going to give up for if you're Hamilton, it's going to give the NHL game a run for its money because people are going to be there. The ticket pricing isn't going to be insane. It costs like 250 bucks to sit in the top row for the to see, game. To, That's a to see a game that includes Buffalo. That's set up. It's a game that's set up to see the Leafs win, to be honest. Yeah, it is. And, yep. And right from when it was when it was first started. If they really want to play an outdoor game against a team and really sell it, they can have played the Boston Bruins there. They can have played a team like that. They can have played Boston. Yeah, because right? that's the thing. You don't, you don't really York. think that there wasn't really a whole lot of competition here in Eastern Canada with Ottawa and Montreal. It would have been, probably been the exact yeah. same outcome as the Sabres. Whereas you look out west, now Toronto-Calgary outside, that'd be a good game. Like Toronto-Winnipeg. Yeah. Toronto-Edmonton. Toronto, How Edmonton. many people would pay yeah. McDavid? to see McDavid and Dreisaitl play Newmarket. outside? Newmarket. Yeah. Why Buffalo? Why? I do Yep. Not the play. Maybe, I, I understand maybe playing. I understand playing now, to yeah. the geographical location, but in terms of the game, could be eight Never nothing. Did. It you could can't. be. Yeah, I'm not paying. I am not paying top dollar to watch the Toronto Maple Leafs play the Buffalo Sabers. That's why. Why on paper that game? Yeah, should be nothing. The Leafs, the Leafs for the last how many years? Since 1967. So they're going to win the Stanley Cup every year. Okay. Okay. Right? The Buffalo Sabres are going to rebuild. It makes no sense. And that's why I think yeah, the June rebuild. And that's why I think the Bulldogs game in the Oshawa Generals is going to be closer. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be a good game. It's on a Monday night. No games on that night. It's going to be the game of the week. It's perfect. It's honestly a perfect idea. Congrats to the city of Hamilton. Congrats to the ownership, the team. Wow. Right? Wow. And I mean, we already have some ideas what we want to do for the game. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. Well, and we'll kind of switch gears here. We know how many, how much focus will be on it in terms of, you know, us wanting to be a part of it, trying to figure out a way to get ourselves involved. The Ontario Hockey League is definitely going to be there. Everyone's going to be there. All the videos, you can see all the photos that everyone's going to capture. So we'll switch to that. The Ontario Hockey League having an event like this, and you know, we can go back to the big event in Michigan with the big house, Leafs and Red Wings. But the lead up to that, the alumni game, the OHL outdoor games at Comerica Park, you know, yeah. we're kind of getting that vibe again. So to get a game like this where the OHL didn't play last year, what, what, what does this do for the league from that standpoint? Yeah, it's... It's very big. I mean, like you said, they've missed a year. They missed all last year. And I mean, it was a struggle, right, to get guys playing. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. For, for, the, for Commissioner Branch, how many outdoor games have we had? Three, if you're counting the Ottawa Gatineau, right? Yeah. 
there's like it's still an OHL team playing there, but there hasn't been a lot of outdoor games. This is a this is a very monumental. That's a very monumental day for the Ontario Hockey League, March 14th. Is. I mean, it's right in the middle of Ontario. It's right in the middle of our league. I mean, it's such a good spot. One problem is it's going to be the question is where, where are people going to park? But it's going to be a very good game, I think. It's going to be competitive. It's very good for the league. And it's good to have as much coverage as you can have for that game because it, it's a big game. And... It's such a big deal. It needs to be everywhere across the CHL for that matter. It's got to be a celebration. I think the league's really going to celebrate it. It's too bad there's no alumni game. It's really too bad there's no alumni game on the Monday afternoon. It's hard to do it in the middle of the week workday, but hey, it's March break. Perfect idea there, by the way, too. First day of March break, what better way to celebrate it? And it's going to be very exciting. Like I said, you got a chance. If they had an alumni game, you're talking about some big alumni. I mean, Belleville, right? It's hard to do alumni Hamilton, Oshawa, because Hamilton's only been there a few years, so it's hard, right? But what an opportunity to get some Belleville back. That would be pretty cool. That would that would get a lot of interest from the city of Belleville as well because I know they miss their junior hockey up there as well. Yeah, it's an event that we're all looking forward to. And really, you haven't seen a whole lot about it on social media. I thought we would have by now, but. Yeah, not a lot. Um, the official announcement coming in the building during the first intermission of the Hamilton-Erie game. And then from what I saw with Steve Clark on Twitter, it sounds like they announced it on the Oshawa Generals awesome. broadcast as well. So um, no formal you know, release from the teams yet. Maybe just family day. They'll get something going tomorrow. But tickets are on sale for anyone out there. Uh, HamiltonBulldogs.com. Or is it .ca? One of them. Anyways, Hamilton Bulldogs tickets are on sale. Hamilton Bulldogs on Google. Yeah, you look at Hamilton Bulldogs on Google. It comes up. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we hit the break and get to voice the Bulldogs, read Duthie to elaborate more on this outdoor game and kind of help us break down the featured game between Erie and Hamilton a little bit more. Connor Smith only official suspension, if you want to say that. Uh, Connor Smith, Peterborough Peets, uh, he gets five games. And it is for a head check, and he'll be eligible to return March 4th in Niagara. All right, time for the break. We are 40, almost 43 minutes into the show. Now we're getting down to it. We'll we might have to do the goal thing. We might have to do the goal thing next week. Yeah. That'll be some fun. We can do that next week. That'll be some fun next week. Yeah, I was going to say, too much excitement this week. Yeah, tee it up. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So next, Reed Duthie will join us. We will chat all things outdoor hockey, all things Hamilton Bulldogs, and Erie Otters. Talk about the featured game. And then, of course, we will get to this week's featured game here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Dumaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL in 60 podcast. 
the link tree is up there and there is a new addition to it uh, youtube uh, we're adding video to the content to our content just another way to get the brand out there another way to you know actually get our faces out there you know the faces for radio we've joked about it already uh, we're going to get on youtube now and create some more content so uh, at the OHL and 60 podcast, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as YouTube now. So um, into our second segment. And a lot of the times this is when we have our guests, someone else who knows a lot more than we do add a lot more information. We are joined by the voice of the Hamilton Bulldogs, Reed Duffy, following a huge announcement for the league, for the Bulldogs and for the community of Hamilton as well. Reed, Taking it outdoors, March 14th against the Oshawa Generals. Must be pretty excited. Uh, well, I can tell you right off the bat, fellas, at least I can join you as a third uh, face for radio, even though they keep sticking me on television. But yes, <laughs> I, I am I am overjoyed with the uh, announcement from Michael Andlauer that March 14th, we will go outdoors against the Oshawa Generals. Uh, this is something that from being in the office, I know has been something that has really uh, wanted to be done for a long time. Um, and it's, it's a perfect way in the, really the comeback season for the OHL mm -hmm. to have a big one in March. And, you know, just as restrictions are, are loosening and it just feels like the timing is so perfect to do this. And you get the Oshawa generals arrival to the Bulldogs an incredible history for them. And of course the, the Bulldogs who, you know, already in, in a short history as a franchise have won an OHL championship. have had, you know, guys that have gone on to play big moments in the national hockey league, you know, Robert Thomas uh, in that group uh, come through. So it's two really great franchises, two teams having good seasons, uh, both headed for the playoffs. And yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome to be on the field at Tim Hortons. Yeah, well, on the biggest thing for you is we were talking about this before the game is uh, just for your personal experience, you can check it off the bucket list. Uh, you'll be ringside Sportsnet keeping everything up from the Heritage Classic the day before. I mean, you know, just the whole experience of being a play by play man and, you know, getting to be a part of this. It's not something that you go into a career and be like, yeah, that's obviously it's on the bucket list, it's something you want to do, but it's never something you expect to happen or, you know, it'd be nice for it to happen. So, from a career perspective to get the opportunity to do this uh, must be, it must be pretty special. Incredibly special. And for me so much more so because, you know, I've made it no secret. You guys know this very well. I'm a Hamilton guy. I grew up in Hamilton, went to school in Hamilton. Um, it's, it's been, you know, it's the only city that I know really it's you know, been, been Hamilton from birth and, uh, to be the voice of the Bulldogs is such an incredible honor. And then to get to be a part of an outdoor game as the voice of the Hamilton Bulldogs, uh, that's something that, you know, I never thought that I would be able to do. It's something that, you, of course, you watch the uh, Winter Classics and the Stadium Series games and the Heritage Classics, and you think, how cool would that be to be able to be the play-by-play -play guy for one? Yeah. Never thinking that it would actually come to fruition. And once again, uh, Michael Landlauer and the Hamilton Bulldogs are going to make one of my dreams uh, come true here and getting a chance to be a part of this. And 
can't, I can't wait to go outdoors for this one. I got, I, I can't look ahead. We got a lot on the schedule between now and then, but it, it's Thinking tough it, guys. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough not to, it's something that uh, I'm going to be revved up for when we get to March 14th. So here's, here's a quick off topic scenario. I mean, the George Diaco goes Michigan. That's the quote of the year. Um, take us through that goal call quickly, because let's say March 14th, we got a Michigan call. How exciting would that be if something crazy happened like that? Do you ever prepare to say something like that? I mean, Diaco goes Michigan's the quote of the year in the Ontario Hockey League. Did you know like, that's just your reaction? Yeah, no, there, I, I don't. Um... From what I found when I was really young as a play-by-play guy is that if you try to prepare something to say in a certain moment, it's not going to happen. There's no point. Yeah, there's no way it's going to happen. So I just roll with it as it comes. And uh, the Diaco goes Michigan one. uh, It is one of my favorites. And it it was entirely... um, on the on the moment, and what was so cool about it was the way that the play was developing. It was it was a goal mouse scramble at first, and Humphrey trying to get yeah. the puck to George Diaco, and then Diaco coming around the back of the net and all in one motion, scoop, turn, and in. It happened so fast, Reaction. and I just yeah, I just recognized the stick coming in and dropping the puck into the net. And it was the first thing that I thought to say. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of taken on a life of its own at this point. Yeah, big time. Anything going through your mind like that introduction, right? When you start the when you start the broadcast, March fourteenth. Anything going through your mind? Ready for that one? Yeah. Like the stories of Hamilton hockey. It goes so deep, right? And like, and we mentioned early on in the show where there's been so many swing and miss opportunities in Hamilton. I mean, it took them forever to host a Grey Cup. Right. And then now you get a great cup and then, well, it's not, it's in a different year, but then a few months later you get an outdoor game and that's a massive deal. I think for the city of Hamilton, not just the city of Hamilton itself. I mean, you got Burlington, you got Ancaster, you got Stony Creek, you got Brantford, you got Grimsby. I mean, it's such a surround for Hamilton hockey in general. What does that mean? Having this outdoor game and for the city of Hamilton, after they've been through so much, right. They almost have the coyotes. They almost had chance. They had chances after chance, right? To finally get that outdoor game. What does that mean to the city? I'll, t- I'll take the first part of that first, and, and and whether I've got anything for the open of the broadcast yet. And yeah, I, I don't. It, it hasn't had time to really sink in for something like that. But it there will be a nod to the history of hockey in Hamilton because going back and and working on some content for the lead up, guys. I, I'll tell you. Just a sneak peek at something that I've got coming is a look back to the first Hamilton championship team. And I'm not talking about the OHL Bulldogs, and I'm not talking about the AHL Bulldogs. I'm talking about the 1919 Hamilton Tigers that won the Allen Cup in their first year of existence before there was ever an NHL team known as the Hamilton Tigers. So there is a long history of hockey in this city, and this game is, is huge for the city in total. Um, as Michael said during the intermission in his speech, that it it's kind of a way to, to sort of step our way out of this pandemic and bring it's everybody time. back together again. And it's kind of a celebration. It is. It's a massive celebration and of many different things along the way. And I think it's yeah. the perfect time and the perfect place to do it. 
And for the hockey community, this is huge. You know, you look at these are those landmark events that, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but when you have the Heritage Classic on Sunday and the Outdoor Showcase on Monday, three, four, five years down the line, do we see a bump in enrollment in youth hockey coming out of this? More people bringing their kids down to see a game because of the the uh, atmosphere of it at Tim Hortons Field that maybe decide that they want to play hockey. So take it right down to the grassroots level, guys. This could be massive, not just for the OHL, not just for the Bulldogs and the Generals, but for the future of hockey in Hamilton. Oh, it's massive. It's a massive opportunity. That's for sure. And it's such a big area, right? It's a growing area. And and also, it's in the middle of Ontario. It's in such a perfect spot. The OHL Outdoor Canes, when's the last time they've had one right in the middle of Ontario like this? Like, you really haven't had that opportunity, right? You've had the Gat that was in Ottawa. And we talked about this earlier, Reed. You had the the Michigan games, but we really haven't saw one in the middle of Ontario like this when social media is so big. And, I mean, social media is going to go crazy on game day about this. Like, it's going to be wild. Around this, the is the, area. this is the first outdoor game in the Ontario Hockey League in modern times. Yeah. Between two Ontario teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the previous ones in Michigan were obviously Flint and Saginaw playing Ontario teams. The 67 50 game in Ottawa was the 67s in the Gatineau Olympique. This yeah. is the first time that two Ontario based teams, and as you mentioned, central Ontario based teams, in Hamilton and Oshawa, will collide outdoors. And I hope that this becomes a bit more of a trend. I know people say, well, the outdoor games have been done, blah, blah, blah. I love the outdoor games. There's nothing quite like watching one of those because it is the spectacle. It's something different. After a while, the arenas can start to blend together when you're covering so many games. For people that are involved in this day in, day out, when yeah. you change that venue, when you go to something like this, it's a big difference. It is something big, monumental, and it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be a lot of work, but it's going to be so much fun to be able to do this. So I hope that we see more at some point Ontario teams playing one another, but I think it's great that the Bulldogs get to be the first host. Yeah. yeah well, when I think Colin and I talked about this as well, and in, in terms of the Heritage Classic, of course, that's you know, a little bit of luck involved that they chose Hamilton uh, for the site of this game between the Leafs and Sabres. But in terms of competitiveness, look at the Leafs, you look at the Sabres. On paper, the Leafs should absolutely destroy the Sabres. It really shouldn't be that close where you know you bring two teams like Hamilton and Oshawa and course when the first when the heritage game was first announced colin and i were like yeah let's get that hamilton niagara rivalry going the qew rivalry at tim hortons field you know and then as the seasons progress we're like oh that might not be the greatest game in the world so when when you look at the two teams that are physically going to be on the ice hamilton bulldogs oshawa generals like it, it has a chance to be a a more competitive game than the leafs and sabers and in terms of maybe just based in Ontario, of course, you're going to get all of the Sabres fans in New York. But, you know, in terms of just general hockey fans who really aren't maybe true Leaf fans or true Sabre fans, like this is just, you know, th- these are teenagers playing hockey outside that it doesn't get any more fun than that. 
No, absolutely not. And, you know, unless the Buffalo Sabres can pull the big upset. Yeah. On paper, that's a mismatch in the, in yeah. the heritage classic, the way things stand right now. So if you look at the, the Bulldogs and the Oshawa generals, the Bulldogs are a bit ahead in the standings, but Oshawa has played the Bulldogs tough every time the two teams have collided so far this season. And you look at Wednesday night, uh, this past Wednesday, a three, two shootout victory where Zachary Papatsakis and Marco Costantini absolutely stole yeah. the show. Mm-hmm. So with that game, yeah, there, there's a lot there because you, you talk about on one side, you're going to have Mason McTavish and you're going to have Logan Morrison and Avery Hayes and Jan Meshock and Ryan Winterton, George Diaco on the back end, Nathan Steos and Arbor Jacki and Colton Cameron with the, the heavy physical style. And you look across the ice, hey, Oshawa can play that game too. Harrison, Tulio, Olofsson, Richie. You know, on the back end, they've got Leighton Moore. They've got, you know, David Jesus and Blake Smith and Matthew Hill. And they've got guys that can play. So yeah. that matchup is, is a really good one. It's a traditional rival for both teams. Uh, they always play one another tough, even when one team is up and one team is down. They play each other tough. Go back to the Bulldogs' first game in existence as an OHL team. They defeated the then Memorial Cup champion Oshawa Generals in their first game at First Ontario Center. So there's no doubt in my mind that no matter what we get out of this game, it's going to be a fun one because those two teams will go to the wire battling. Yeah, and plus when you're outdoors, you're going to bring that extra edge, right? You don't want to lose that big stage game. You don't want to lose that game. So well, you think of the you think of the pressure that's going to be on both of these teams. Oh, I mean, Oshawa yeah. is going to want to make a statement. They want to come outdoors and ruin Hamilton's party and make a statement potentially for the playoffs of do not look past us. And the Bulldogs, they want this to be a big party. They want this to be a statement game okay. that this is our conference. This is our league. You have to come through us to take the OHL championship. So there are two teams that really want this win. And the way the standings look, guys, these are two big points that are going to be on the line because that Eastern Conference in segments is staying very, very, very tight. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it earlier on in the show, Reed. It's weird because it seems like when one team trends up, they trend up. And then when one team trends down, they trend down. They lose more than two in a row, I mean, by trending. They lose more than two in a row, and when they win, they win more than two in a row. You don't see that balance 500 style. It's either drop or go up. It's been rare. You haven't, a lot of teams are the same, and uh, it's definitely going to be interesting down the stretch. My one last question here on the outdoor game, Reed, jerseys. We saw them at, we saw in the preview at the game, and for the fans that weren't there and never saw the preview video, there was a lot of videos of the Tiger Cat jerseys. Are those the go-to jerseys? Because – that would be sweet if they were. Uh, I, I guess because the the graphics yeah. and everything are, are are coming out and the video is out. Uh, yeah, it is. It's the Hamilton Tigers uh, striped throwbacks that right are on. making their return for the outdoor showcase. And um, I don't think we could have done this any other way. Um, exactly. As much as I and, and don't get me wrong, guys. I, I you know and of course I'm I'm partial, but I love the uh, Bulldog selection of jerseys, whether it's the blacks, the whites, the, uh, the stealth grays, the actual Hamilton Tiger Cats football style jerseys. I mean, you can't go wrong with any of those. 
but the Hamilton Tigers, the gold and the black stripes, they won an OHL championship wearing those jerseys. They, they've, they've had so many big moments in franchise history wearing those jerseys. And with a call back to the past, I mean, the Hamilton Tigers NHL team played their games at the Barton Street Forum. It's a 10-minute walk from Tim Horton's field for, to the site of the old forum. It had to be the Tigers jerseys. It had to be. Right on. Yeah, right on. I'm, hope, I'm hoping Oshawa goes their alternate set if it go if they don't design one for the game but all i'm pretty sure you're going to see those alternates there i'm pretty sure it's going to be their throwbacks what a jersey opportunity what a jersey game that's going to be wow yeah Yeah, because they got the mixed colored helmets too right they got the red and blue helmet kind of half and half style it kind of works i'm i'm expecting to see them go with those yeah what a perfect opportunity that's gonna be for jerseys oh my oh yeah it's it's gonna be it those two teams wearing their colors, their traditional colors, uh, that's, yeah. that's going to be so great. I mean, the history of the Oshawa Generals and the history of Hamilton hockey, having had the Tigers who were so successful for so long, uh, and to, to mix these two together is going to be great. And I love how the way that the, the Bulldogs have taken the history of the Hamilton Tigers since becoming an OHL franchise yeah. and molded that into the identity. It just... The, the, the transition there has been so cool. Yeah, yeah for sure. With the voice of the Bulldogs, Reed Duthie here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Got a couple for you about the game on family day. Hamilton takes care of Erie. 7-2 was the final score. And, you know, Colin and I looked into this not just, you know, with it being family day, it being a nice drive for us to get down to First Ontario Centre and, uh, you know, do the featured game. But, you know, there's been some good games between Erie and Hamilton and, Obviously, 7-2 isn't a score that makes you think, oh, that must have been a real interesting game. Well, a lot of the categories were actually really close. Shots were close. Face-offs were close. Each team had one power play goal. Uh, what do you look at this game as, Reed? You can look at it as a second-place Eastern Conference team taking care of a ninth-place Western Conference team. Or you could look at it as ha- Hamilton had to win, has to beat teams not in the playoffs or not in a playoff spot right now. And they got the job done. They got two points and you walk away and say, uh, yeah, I feel good about this one. Uh, I think a little bit of everything. And guys, I feel bad for the Erie Otters, not, not because of the game or anything today. They, they had such a tough start to this season. Mm-hmm. Yes. That they are a way better team than ninth place in the Western Conference. They're deep. And They're deep. they are a really good team. And, and, and Reese, as you said, both of these teams now have blown each other out once. If you go back to December 30th, it was the worst game of the season for the Bulldogs, and Erie won that game 7-2 to two on the back of a giant third period. The Bulldogs today, and I think what happened to the Otters is their weekend started Friday night playing Hamilton at home. Bulldogs got a big lead in that game, and then Erie clawed their way back in. But to be able to do that, they expended a lot of energy on their top guys. And then they had to play London and Lalonde went again. And it was a one goal game that London wins on a late power play goal in the third period. So again, their, their top guys were on the ice, you know, every other shift, they were going hard. Then they got to come to Hamilton. Yeah. They got a day off, but come on. These are teenagers. They got, they got to travel to Hamilton now to play a Monday afternoon matinee game 
and Lalonde is going for the third time in four games. There, you know, they've used a lot of their top guys extensively over the weekend. And then Lawson Shirk scores two and a half minutes in. Yeah. And they still managed to fight their way back into the hockey game a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Two, one, yeah. three, well, two. But at some point, I think that that gas tank started to head towards E and the Bulldogs were rolling four lines like they just seemed to keep doing. And Ethan Sims, uh, Cole Brown and Brendan Anderson, who were the quote unquote fourth line for today's game. They all had tremendous hockey. Ethan Sims had his best game as a Bulldog. <laughs> yep. So now, best game all year, I saw. Absolutely. And now you see they're, they're getting spots on other lines. They're spotting fourth liners in, again, quote unquote, fourth liners in with guys like Morrison and Meshuck. And as yeah. that keeps coming over the boards at you, it's got to be a tough feeling if you're eerie because the Bulldogs are moving that bench around and they're getting guys extra shifts and you're trying to fight your way back into this game and you're gassed. I think the Bulldogs depth is what played the biggest role in this win. And that is what has been their calling card when they've had success all season. When this team has been healthy or close to, they can roll three pairs, four lines and just make life miserable. And 19, four, one and two on home ice. It's already not a fun place to play. Now add in 6,000 fans and the Bulldogs rolling everybody off that bench. And Mateo Drobak having another really good game. Too many factors, I think, for the Erie Otters, who, again, I really like the Erie Otters. And I think we need to look back at Nolan Lalonde, keep tabs on him, because in about two years, he is going to be one of the best goaltenders in the Ontario Hockey League. Oh, Definitely. If they got off to a good start, you're looking at them right now in the six, five spot at the top. I mean, six spot for sure. If they get off to a better start, easily, right there, I mean, they're deep. They have the defense. They have the goaltending. They have the forwards. They have it. They're all. a middle conference team in the West. Absolutely, they they should be comfortably in a playoff spot right now. If not for what was a dreadful start, and just they just couldn't get it on the on the road at the beginning. And going into yeah. Friday, guys, they were 7-2-0-1 in their last 10 games. Yeah. The only team in the league that had been hotter was Hamilton. So this yeah. is a good team. Erie is a good team. And I I don't think I'd want them in, in a first-round playoff series. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I keep saying on the show here, I keep saying that Erie might win a playoff round if they get in. They're that good enough. They're good enough to win. It doesn't matter where they get in. It doesn't matter who they play. They match up against any team in the Western Conference, and I truly believe that because they are deep. They have the goaltending to do it. They have the top defense to do it, and they have good forwards up front to win a round. That's for sure. Also, I want to touch on that one because it was 5-2 in the third period, the start of the third period, and Grushnikov makes an amazing save on the goal line. And, I mean, it happened on Saturday against Kingston, too, where Gavin White stopped the puck just before it crossed the line. You saw that on Saturday. You saw that on Monday as well with Grushnikov making a massive save. Where if that goes in, all of a sudden you get a game, right? It's 5 3. But a massive defensive play by Grushnikov also changed that game. And then quickly, Giordano Biondi, bad ad. I mean, his length is so noticeable. Read on the penalty kill today, he gets a penalty shot. And I mean, that's a goal if he doesn't get interfered with. If there's no infraction on that, that's a goal. He had it. Yeah. He, he's been a huge addition to the Bulldogs. And one of those guys that 
you watched him play with Sudbury, and it seemed like every time we saw yeah. the Sudbury Wolves, Giordano Biondi was under somebody's skin. He's lifting sticks. He's flying around the rink, and you look at him and go, geez, that guy, he's just no fun to play against. And the Bulldogs go out and get him at the deadline. Why? Because they wanted somebody that was no fun to play against to add into that bottom six. And now you consider that in a playoff round, you might have to go up against a checking line that could consist of Mark Duarte, Giordano Biondi, and Lawson Shirk. Yeah. Well, you might as well just jump in a wood chipper. That would be just about as much fun <laughs> as going up against that line for seven games. No, thank you. And it gives a lot of space for the Wintertons, the Kra- a.k.a. the Kraken. Um, McTavish, Misak, it gives them a lot of space, right? So you can, and you can really see the difference in the spacing since the trade deadline, bringing on a guy like Biondi, you can really see the space that these skilled guys get. I mean, Diaco since pulling the Michigan, his confidence has been sky high, but you can see the confidence level. You can see the spacing shift by shift now to these teams. Yeah. And you, you wondered too, at the same time, because you, you trade Naver and Mutter, but in return, you yeah. get Arbor Jackeye. So you get the the sheriff. That's the guy, the gunslinger <laughs> that's patrolling that back line that nobody in their right mind wants to, to say anything to that man. And you, you add so a Beyondy up. Oh, he's, he's, he's a beast. And, and you add a yeah. Beyondy up front. And Brendan Anderson getting more regular minutes. The man's a human maple tree at, you know, six foot six. And it's just you get to a point where this team is just so not fun to play against. I mentioned Lawson Shirk, who's molded into a a real good 200-foot player. I know he wasn't in the lineup today, but Avery Hayes has become an elite penalty killer along with being a 30-goal scorer. It's just they come at you in waves, and it's just when does it stop? It, It does remind me of the 2018 team where every line was driving you up a wall. They were either in your zone cycling the puck or when you were trying to attack you had no time no space and they were lifting sticks and taking pucks away there's just there's not a lot of space out there especially when they have another four roster at all this year not once not one time yeah hope is saturday the hope is saturday for the first time on the season it would it will be a full roster now knock on wood because every time we've gotten close something else has happened so the hope is Saturday against Ottawa. The team is in full force. And, man, I, I can't wait to see what that looks like. Yeah, that's a good one, too, because that's a potential first-round matchup right now. It, it very well could be. And Ottawa, unfortunately, today got uh, – they, they, they were on the wrong side of a, a, a knockdown from Kingston. And uh, yeah. it, just, it just seems like things have – for a while there this season, Ottawa was staying real competitive in the middle of the Eastern Conference. And, you know, it's sneaky, kind of good, and you just can't count them out of a game. It just seems like recently they've lost a little bit of that identity. I think they need to to get it back together, and they've got the talent there, but yeah, they've got to find a way well, to, to keep it all moving in the right direction. Yeah, and then they get Boucher, and then he gets hurt in game one. Those are tough. Yeah. Those are tough. Right? You look at a first-round yeah. pick in the National Hockey League, and then he's there, first period, he gets hurt, hasn't been back. So that those are tough. I think he may have been back today. So today is his first game back. I think. I, I, I think so. Yeah, it was I think two, so. it was three to four weeks. So yeah, it's been week. It's been a month now. I think. So it, it, between getting him and, and getting Jack Beck back, that yeah, that's a team that starts to get a little bit more dangerous. But 
can they get all the pieces on the chessboard and everybody going in the right direction? Yeah, can they yeah. get up to the Berries and the Oshawas in the fifth, sixth spot? That's going to be a tough run. I mean, that yeah. part of it being the fact that the e, it, it's all conference games, so you got to beat somebody that's as yeah somebody that's as desperate for points as you going into every game, and you got to beat them. Yeah, those are tough. Can't we're playing those games. Those games. We're playing playoff games for the last six weeks of the season, guys. It, it's yeah. just yeah, the way it pretty much is. Yeah, I mean, hey, talk about a perfect opportunity when 100% capacity comes. I mean, these buildings are going to be full. It's right on. It's right yeah. on for the It's right on for the franchises, for the league. I mean, 100% capacity, the buildings are going to be packed because every team's going to be in. There really is only a couple teams out of it right now, you could say. But every team's basically in it in each conference. So it's going to be exciting down the stretch, that's for sure. Oh, it certainly will be. It's, it's a year that uh... – you know, the OHL kind of needs this too. It, it needs in, in a year back to be able to have all these battles and all the, the, the standings yeah. work and who's going to be first and who's going to, I mean, the Bulldogs have closed to within two points of Mississauga with four games in hand, but North Bay is right there. Kingston is still lurking in the background. They're only three points back. So the race for first is on. And then once you get past first, the race for third is on because somebody is going to drop into that four or five series. And then you, you have to go up against either Oshawa likely or Barry in the first round. I don't think anybody wants that. Yeah. Yeah. Going up against Marty Williamson's tough. And then Oshawa going all in. That's tough. You got to stay in the top two. If you're in the East, that top two spots. So important. That's for sure. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's where my thinking is at this point, because I, I just I wouldn't like the idea of having to play Matt Gusta in round one, or a, an Oshawa team that can roll a top six that's as dangerous as anybody. Um, well, it's like it's like you could see at least four series in the first round of the OHL going seven games. It's like at least sure, yeah, it's so close. It's so close. I could picture four series right now. Standing stayed the same today. I could picture four series going seven games. And like, Absolutely. You never really see that in the first round. I think there's going to be a few upsets in the playoffs because I think there's going to be teams that are tired. And I think you might see a team kind of go on that Cinderella run because we talked about Erie, right? Erie's better than their record. If Erie gets in, let's say they win a round, that's a team that could win two rounds if they just win one. That's a team that can go on a run. There's a couple teams, especially in the West, that you could see possibly going on a run because it's so close and i could see at least four um at least four series going seven games it's not wide open i think in the ohl this year both conferences i, I would call it definitely more so of a cinderella run in the west um, yeah that's I, what think I think too. in in the east i wouldn't say cinderella run because i don't think there's going to be a team really in that position i mean you look at one through six you know yeah. the six seed could Probably. easily be a two seed so yeah. I don't think I'd be calling a Cinderella run in the unless you know if Peterborough snuck in or um, Sudbury won a couple of rounds. That I think you could consider yeah, more of that, a of a Cinderella run. But that one through six, yeah, I, yeah the East those is, are well, those are good teams. Oh, big time, big time. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a fun fun trip to the end of the season for sure. I mean. Attendance was mentioned in that last thought, and just look at the attendance at First Ontario Centre on Family Day against the Erie Otters. Just unbelievable to get that that amount of fans back into the building. So, uh, I can't wait to see 
hopefully double or triple that uh, at Tim Hortons Field March 14th. Yeah, that'll that'll be really good. Uh, Reed, really appreciate you doing this, chatting uh, all things outdoor hockey because, well, it's a fun topic to chat about again for anyone out there. March 14th, 7 o'clock, Tim Hortons Field. It is the Oshawa Generals and Hamilton Bulldogs. Tickets are, tickets are on sale on the Hamilton Bulldogs website, so make sure you buy them because it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, before we let you go, Reed, um, huge congratulations to yourself uh, and Celine, your wife, uh, your entire family. Congratulations on the announcement. You put out a onesie on Instagram. Uh, newest Bulldogs <laughs> fan on the way. Yes, uh, it's it, it's our first. Uh, it's the first on either side of the family. So um, yeah, we are we are extremely excited. As I said to you guys, I I'm I'm over oh, I'm over the moon excited and terrified for my life all at the same time. And I've been told that's exactly how it's supposed to be. So. <laughs> I, I couldn't be happier. Uh, I've been, you know, I've been pretty much smiling since we, we found out and uh, you know, thank you guys for, for that. And, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're excited to have another, uh, another Bulldogs fan on the way. Uh, they have no choice in that NHL team. I'll try <laughs> for Bruins, but uh, <laughs> Bulldogs for certain. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can press my luck from there. <laughs> hey, the Bruins had a big win over the abs. So you might have to save that one someday. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get a copy of that game and just have it on repeat. Well, <laughs> the little the little ones in the bassinet, right? Have Bobby Orr skating coast to coast. Just have the history of the Boston Bruins. What's what's your first words, Patrice Bergeron? Yeah, that's all you need. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Uh, Reed, really appreciate you do, appreciate you doing this. Thanks so much. Hey guys, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the time and. Uh, Boy, I can't wait to see you guys out at Tim Hortons Field. We're gonna have a blast with this one. Oh, oh it's, gonna, it's gonna, be gonna be a so fun one, fun. that's for sure. Have to we dress talking about it all we'll game. Yeah, yeah. Bring coats, please. <laughs> I can't have you guys freezing out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. Uh, that is the voice of the Bulldogs, Reed Duffy, here on the OHL and Sixty Podcast. When we come back, player goaltender of the week, as well as our next featured matchup on the show. So all of that is coming up in our final segment here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Thanks again to Reed Duthie for joining us here on the show. Chat all things outdoor hockey and Hamilton Bulldogs. Before we get to our featured game, go through the player and goaltender of the week. We'll start with the player. It is Dallas Stars prospect Antonio Strongis of the London Knights. He had eight points, including five goals and three assists to go with three Knights victories. He was plus five as well during those three games. Also in consideration, Logan Morrison of the Hamilton Bulldogs. One goal, six assists for seven points. Hamilton was 3-0 on the weekend. And then Sharks prospect, Liam Gilmartin. Teammate of Mr. Hey, Strongest. Six points, four goals, two assists. That's a show guest, Billy Sullivan guy. So quick shout out to Billy. It's one of his boys. Oh, yeah. By the way, a massive night for him on Friday. The London Knights to St. Marie game. Brody Crane scores. That's a guy. Liam Gilmartin goes and scores a Hattie. Like, holy. 
he must have been going crazy. I wish <laughs> if there was a if we had Billy Sullivan, Mike Dupper. I know he was scouting a tournament this weekend, but if there was any video footage of him Friday night, I'm sure he was fired up because his boys were lighting it up. Oh, not yeah. a big deal. No, not at all. Uh, second no. time strong just as one player of the week, by the way. He won it back from November 8th to the 14th. So congrats to him. him. Wow. Yeah. As an ad will play. No. Good old ads make you click on crap. and uh, Goaltending? Horrible. Yeah, goaltender of the week. It is now new Florida Panthers prospect, Matt Guzda. 3-0, 1.33 goals against average, save percentage of 955. Massive. He's good. Massive, He's good. Ba- massive good bounce back. Massive bounce back week for Matt Jones. He kind of struggled the week he signed. That weekend, he kind of struggled. He fought a little bit. Massive yeah. bounce back week for Matt Gusta. That's for sure. That is, as I continue to count, good math by me, that is the third time he has taken home the honor of goaltender of the week. Also in consideration for the award, Ben Gaudreau of the Sarnia Sting. He was 3-0 and with a 2.92 goals against average, save percentage of 9.17. He had 48 saves in a win on Tuesday for the Sarnia Sting. And then Luke Cavillan of the Flint Firebirds. Very underrated. How hot they are right now. Yeah. He stopped 100 of 29 or 129 of 137 shots. Only winning once. He went 1-0-1-1. 51 save performance on Saturday for him. I like that they put the winners, right? So that's cool. Like when you see the website, you see the past winners. That's pretty cool because you look at it. It's hard to believe some of the goalies have only won one. It's yeah. impressive. Like how good these guys are. Win one. Yeah, good good year for goaltending. Big time. Big time. It's pretty it's pretty easy. Like it's even. It's yeah. Run the league. All right. So this week's featured game. No, there will not be a game day preview because we are not driving to Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, that's a no thanks. Tough hike. Yeah, that's a tough hike. Uh, they will host the London Knights Saturday, <laughs> February 26th, the 707 start at the GFL Memorial Gardens. Can you imagine we just, uh, we just like Photoshop the gardens in the background. Oh, for your side, we're indoors. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I still go back to Mike Farwell. And for everyone that knows Mike Farwell, he's not the tallest guy in the world. Watching him do a, they did their own pregame video, him and Chris Pope. Did their own pregame video. I can't remember if it was North Bay or if it was Sault Ste. Marie, but you see Mike Farwell standing in front of a huge snowbank, and you're thinking that snowbank's probably three Mike Farwells tall. <laughs> yeah, good old Mike Farwell. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that him and Ryan Payan have the biggest rivalry in the OHL. Absolutely, they Twitter. do. <laughs> it's awesome. Actually, there's it's like awesome. a rivalry triangle. It's those two plus three stars. Yes, yes. Plus, add the three stars in there, then it's game on. Yeah. But anyways, uh, Knights Greyhounds. This this should be a good one. And that's gonna be fun. 
Yeah, we were kind of going back and forth. There were a few games that intrigued us. Uh, we are kind of trying to work out timing in terms of games we were actually going to go to. Again, works out nicely. Hamilton does these 4 o'clock games on a Saturday. That way we can get home, watch not the second round, but the rest of the games in the Ontario Hockey League. So that, that's always enjoyable. Shout out to Hamilton for that. Big time. But uh, anyway, going into Tuesday, can't guarantee that these two teams will be where they are you know, in the standings once we hit Saturday. Obviously, with London being their division leader, they'll automatically get second despite being one point behind Sue. But these two teams are 2-3 in the Western Conference as we speak. It doesn't get any better than that. London seven two and one in their last ten. Sue five three and two in their last ten. Again, subject to change on results before we get to Saturday. So should be fun up up in Sioux Saint Marie GFL Memorial Gardens. Make sure you stay tuned at the Own Sixty Podcast on Twitter and Instagram uh, for all the updates throughout the night. It is a seven oh seven start in the Sioux. So Knights, Greyhounds, stay tuned. Should be fun. Yeah, fun one this week. That was a fun one. Fun featured game, too. That's a fun featured yeah, game. Yeah, it was. It's exciting. It's going to be an exciting one, that's for sure. I think it'll continue, right? That, we never had a close featured game. We still haven't had that close featured game. I think this is the one where it's like 7-5, seven, 7-6. Seven, like we sat on Friday. Say, yeah. We're It'd hoping for a one-goal game, but I think two-goal games are acceptable because most of the times it's one Empty goal. Net. Yeah, until that. exactly. Yeah, it's definitely could be that game for sure. It's gonna be a fun one this week. That's for sure. A lot of action around the OHL, and hey, exciting times! It's exciting times for sure. Yeah. Again, if you want tickets to that outdoor game between the Oshawa Generals and Hamilton Bulldogs, visit the Hamilton Bulldogs website. They'll be able to help you out, or you can give them a shout. They'll be able to help you out over the phone as well. So, again, March fourteenth, yeah. that game is going down at Tim Hortons Field. Following. The highly anticipated Heritage Classic between the Maple Leafs and Sabres. Hey. Did I make it sound exciting? <laughs> Very. Was, did it hey. sound like I was excited? Monday. Mark yeah, 14. we care about the game on, Monday, on the Monday. <laughs> Be there. Let's go. Not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Play the gold. Yeah. All right. That is it for us. Have a great week. We will chat again in seven days. Oscar Olsen. Ty Tulio. Mason McTavish. Let's go.